Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. I'm back in the United States. I had a quick trip to England for the A Course in Miracles conference there. And if you were there, you know how healing and beautiful and powerful that was. So great when we can join together. And oh, what a blessing to be with folks I've been in community with uh, in Masterful Living classes and Finding Freedom classes for years and to be able to be together, to laugh together, to play together, to cry together. It's just, it just doesn't get any better than that. Super duper yummy. And if you're going to be at the A Course in Miracles conference this coming weekend, I look forward to seeing you there. And so I saw this beautiful hawk during the prayer. Hawk is my totem, my power animal. So I know that that means that this is a very powerful moment that's occurring right now. And it is in my life for sure. So when I was in the UK, I I had a powerful healing experience, which I'm sure as it continues to ripple out and reverberate, I'll share much of it. And... It was so great to be with all the folks there. Oh, my gosh. What a healing. What a healing. And Karen Jay, who was the events planner for the Miracles Group there, just uh, can't wait to have her on the radio show. Holly Holden, can't wait. Going to have wonderful uh, new guests on the radio show. So we can look forward to that and the healing that that brings us all. So, last week, increase your faith. This week, increase your faith part two, because there was so much I did not get to cover last week. And I am absolutely 100% on fire with this topic of willingness. So, um, in and willingness leads to trust, which leads to faith. So uh, I'm just going to recap and say that I believe, I know, you know, words are but symbols of symbols. So A Course in Miracles sometimes defines things differently than, let's say, Webster's Dictionary. I love Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. I, I really love the right usage of words and creative uses of words, too, and faith. Let's define faith. To me, faith is knowing the truth. Faith is a willingness to place our trust in the unseen, in the invisible. The Bible says faith is a belief, but I, having uh, studied A Course in Miracles for many years now, I know that belief and knowing are two distinctly different things. So I do not think that faith is a belief. I think that faith is when we're in touch with 
the spirit of the living God within us, and we're placing our trust in God, in love. That's what faith is, and it's it's a very active thing. And the way to um, think about it that has been so helpful for me is to recognize that in our spirit, in our I am presence, Uh, We know that God is all there is and that we're not separate from God, nor could we ever be. We also know that we're one with our brothers and sisters and that we're actually part of God, as A Course of Miracles says. So we can uh, walk in this world manifesting and demonstrating from the ego or from spirit according to whatever we would choose. And we are absolutely one with the great law of life, however we'd like to refer to our creator. I, I don't generally use the father. Uh, it Sometimes I say mother, father, God, or father, mother, God, usually mother, father, God. Um, it's both. It, it's both kinds of energy, which is why it takes a mother and a father to have a child. <laughs> so faith is a core knowing. And our faith is revealed through the practice of trust. We cannot place our trust, which is something we do in time and space, Right? So beyond time and space, in our true reality, there would be no need for trust because there would be no lack of trust, you see. When you know who you are, who sent you, and why, when you know everything, when you're in touch with the infinite, you don't need to trust. You just act in accordance with love. Trust is not needed. This is why trust is the number one characteristic of the teachers of God, because trust, the active practice of placing our trust and faith in love, is how we clear the mind and the heart of all illusions and delusions. You cannot have trust without willingness. That's just obvious. How could you have your, place your trust in love if you don't have any willingness? Now, imagine you're entering into a relationship with someone, uh, any kind of a relationship, could be friends, could be work, could be lovers, and you have a little bit of willingness to love, respect, honor, cherish, and connect with them. You have a little bit of willingness. How strong is that relationship going to be? But you see, that's how a lot of relationships are because they're ego-based relationships. They're special relationships. There's just a little bit of willingness. But a full and total willingness is what heals our heart and our mind. So cultivating that willingness is everything. 
Now, there's a section, and I've done other episodes of this broadcast on this. There's a section in Chapter 18, uh, took them all the way to the Chapter 18, which is after the Healed Relationships, uh, the Healed Relationships section in Chapter 17. In Chapter 18, Section 4, we have the little willingness, the little willingness, which begins with the holy instant is the result of your determination to be holy. It is the answer. So in that holy instant, we're connected with the truth, with spirit, with love, with God, our God self, our mother, father, God, the Holy Spirit. And it is so refreshing and restorative that it is the answer to all problems because all our problems are the result of thinking we're separate. So the holy instant is the result of your determination to be holy. Now, we're already holy. We're already as holy as holy can be, as I say. And so the holy instant, that healing restorative, renewing, refreshing experience of expanded awareness beyond the ego is the result of your determination to be holy. It is the answer. The desire and the willingness to let it come precede its coming. You prepare your mind for the holy instant only to the extent of recognizing that you want the holy instant above all else. So, in the next paragraph, it says, Trust not your good intentions. They are not enough. But trust implicitly your willingness, whatever else may enter. Wow. Trust not your good intentions. They are not enough. They are not enough. And that is true. Good intentions are about how you're holding the future. But willingness is something you have now. So the willingness to place your trust in love, that you can, you can live, as A Course in Miracles tells us in the workbook, all my problems have been solved. They've all been solved because there are no problems, because there is no separation. Now, in paragraph four of this holy uh, little willingness, it says, the holy instant does not come from your little willingness alone. It is always the result of your small willingness combined with the unlimited power of God's will. So your willingness is needed only to make it possible to teach you what your brothers and sisters are, what, what, what's really going on. So willingness is required. It's, willingness is the mechanism that enables us to place our trust in love. I know I'm saying it again and again, but it just took me so long to get this. And, but once you get it, then you can see that 
freedom, liberation from the pain, the suffering, the feelings of limitation, the desperation that a belief in lack necessarily will um, generate. All of that, the freedom comes from being willing to trust in love. So we can't trust in love and hold on to our opinions and judgments at the same time. It doesn't work. One cancels the other out. So we we have to decide all the time. And that's one of the clear messages of A Course in Miracles is we are the deciders. We are the ones who decide. We decide for our happiness. We decide for our sorrow. We decide. And we can cultivate a willingness, cultivate a willingness. And there are so many misunderstandings about what real willingness is. So what I've realized in myself, and I've certainly witnessed in others too, we're all so much alike, is that very often the willingness is intentional but trust not your good intentions. They are not enough. Trust implicitly your willingness, whatever else may enter. So for me, one of the things that I have found that's incredibly helpful is to be able to Oh, my mind just said pause right there. Just pause. Yeah, it's beautiful in the pause. Willingness to pause. You see, I'm I'm getting so much better at following the guidance. Teach only love, for that is what you are. And trust only love. For that is all there is. I just I just said that for the first time. Trust only love, for that is all there is. Let's not put our trust in illusions and delusions anymore. It's painful. It really is. It's very, very painful. I talk with so many people who put their trust in faith in someone uh, who betrayed them. And uh, I believe I talked about this last week, that if we put our trust and faith in someone else's ego and then we feel betrayed by their ego, well, we're the ones who used our free will to decide to place our trust and faith in the ego. And while free will is not a real thing with a capital R, it is what we have the ability to work with in this lifetime. There, but there really is only God's willingness. I mean, God's will. <laughs> yes. So, in... Um, Chapter 11, Section 2, which is entitled The Invitation to Healing, uh, talking about 
sickness. It starts with, if sickness is separation, the decision to heal and to be healed is the first step towards recognizing what you truly want. Every attack is a step away from this, and every healing thought brings it closer. And then in paragraph four, it says, healing is a sign that you want to make whole. And this willingness opens your ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit, whose message is wholeness. The Holy Spirit will enable you to go far beyond the healing you would undertake, meaning maybe you just want to heal your finances or your body or your relationship, and the Holy Spirit's message of wholeness will take you far beyond the heal- that and to heal your whole life. And it's so... The Holy Spirit will enable you to go far beyond the healing you would undertake for beside your small willingness to make whole, he will lay his own complete will and make yours whole. Oh my gosh, so true, so wonderful. So this is one of the reasons why we come together to amplify our willingness. This is what I see is so powerful. And this is why I created my spiritual counseling training program, because I saw more and more people in Masterful Living who were so healing their lives so profoundly, and they have so much to offer as spiritual counselors. And people started asking me if I would train train them to be a spiritual counselor. So I created that program in 2014, and I'm doing my spiritual counseling training intensive, which is uh, anyone can come to for any reason whatsoever, just for your own personal healing. People do that, and it's spectacular. It is a deeply, deeply healing intensive. Uh, And this one is in October, and please come and join. If it calls to you and I'm doing back to back with my teacher training, which is the um, how to lead and create a workshop and how to teach my forgive and be free workshop and to certify you to feel confident in that. So at my uh, intensive trainings, people who are already teachers, people who are already counselors and healers and all kinds of things will come to deepen their skills, to increase their intuition, to do all of those good things. I trust if it calls to you, you will place your trust and faith in God and follow your intuition. Yes, I'd love to support you in that. And you know what? I am so grateful for this topic of deepening our faith. And I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love or walking the talk. And I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We're talking about faith. 
and cultivating the faith of God. Yes, that practice of willingness is a practice of trust, the number one characteristic of God's teachers. Now, what also I find so, so valuable is that the number two characteristic of God's teachers is honesty. And uh, Jesus describes honesty as, I'm just going to pull it up here, that it's about being consistent. And doesn't that make sense? I just love that. So here's what I would suggest, only because it has worked so well for me and it continues to work so well for me. Set the intention to be consistent. Set the intention to walk the talk and live the love. Set that intention. Now, remember what I just said about intentions? The intentions are not enough. So we start there. It's a good place to start. I like aspirations also. Aspirations feel like a higher vibration to me. So I have aspirations and intentions, and I have goals. And that's how I work. It's one of the things that is a component of my classes is that we get very clear about our aspirations, intentions, and goals. We call them the AIGs. And then making a commitment, which is not an intention, A commitment to me is in line with making a decision. So my decision is to be committed to being honest. So in the Manual for Teachers, he says about honesty, he says, all other traits of God's teachers rest on trust. Once that has been achieved, the others cannot fail to follow. Only the trusting can afford honesty, for only they can see its value. Honesty does not apply only to what you say. The term actually means consistency. There is nothing you say that contradicts what you think or do. No thought opposes any other thought. No act belies your word, and no word lacks agreement with another. Such are the truly honest. At no level are they in conflict with themselves. Therefore, it is impossible for them to be in conflict with anyone or anything. The peace of mind which the advanced teachers of God experience is largely due to their perfect honesty. So this is my aspiration and my intention, my commitment to be consistent. Every day... I find annoyances and frustrations and irritations that are born of my unwillingness to be loving and they become my instant healing opportunity and I give thanks for them. More and more I am vigilant that I'm catching every one and soon there will be none. I'm catching everyone, and soon there will be none. I love when the rhymes come. Oh, there's another one. So in at the end of the trust and uh, the trust um, s- development of trust section in the manual for teachers, 
Jesus says uh, that you move into, you go through all these different periods and you go into the period of achievement. And he says, it is here that learning is consolidated. Now, what was seen as merely shadows before become solid gains to be counted on in all emergencies as well as tranquil times. Indeed, the tranquility is their result, the outcome of honest learning, consistency of thought, and full transfer. This is the stage of real peace, for here is heaven's state fully reflected. From here, the way to heaven is open and easy. In fact, it is here. Who would go anywhere if peace of mind is already complete? And who would think, seek to change tranquility for something more desirable? What could be more desirable than this? So, being truly willing to be tranquil. You see, the, the only reason we wouldn't be truly willing to be tranquil is that it seems too hard. We have to give up too much. It seems impossible. We seem unworthy. But all of those beliefs are things that we have made up and not one of them is true. That's why only the trusting can afford honesty, for they can see its value. If we substitute the word honesty for consistency, only the trusting can afford consistency, for only they can see its value. For many people, and this was me too once upon a time, the idea of being consistently loving felt like a prison. Right? The opposite of what it is. Being consistently loving is liberating. But for me, the idea of being consistently loving felt like a burden. Something I didn't want, I couldn't do, too hard, too hard, can't do it, no, 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 don't make me. <laughs> That's how it used to feel. Right. Think of a, a, a little child who's having a temper tantrum and they they just throw themselves on the floor. They won't walk. They won't stand up anymore. And they're flailing about. That was me. <laughs> I can't do it. No, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I can't. And that is exactly what happens when the ego has a meltdown. It says no. Not that the ego does have a meltdown, but when we're identified with separate being when we're identified with a small selfish self then we have these kinds of meltdowns where we say i can't do it i can't do it what has been so liberating for me in terms of developing my faith is proving god this is one of the things i talk about in my classes all the time prove god and then you'll know have the courage to prove God and then you'll know. The only reason you wouldn't is because you don't want to know. Because once you know, there's no going back. Once the genie comes out of the bottle, you don't get it back in. So once you know, you have the power to change your mind. Once you know that your life is the life of the beloved 
That's it. There's no going back. So once you realize you're the one who's making yourself miserable, you're the one who's making yourself sick, no blame. You have to approach it with zero blame. You have to approach it with the happy learner, the curious learner, the grateful learner who says, oh, look at this. This is so interesting. I am the one who's ruining my life. I'm the one who's ruining this relationship with my stinking thinking. There is no other one. No one. No one else. Not a one. Just me. Well, some people think, oh, that's too big a burden. I can't take the full responsibility because they see responsibility as blame, right? When that's the case, the faith is in the ego. It's in separation. But when we're willing to have trust and cultivate faith, then we stop trying to do everything ourselves because we realize it's not possible and that everything that we can do that's really worth doing, that is profoundly healing and transformative, we must do as part of God. Not just with God or with the Holy Spirit, but as part of the whole, rather than trying to carve out some place for ourselves where we're doing the healing all by ourselves. It's just how it is. These are the facts, you know. I'm, it's, it's, there's no preference in here at all. It's just if you'd like to have a healing, spirit, the higher Holy Spirit self, the I am presence, that's where the healing is going to be done at the level of the mind. And the healing that happens at the level of the mind can only really occur when we're willing to be joined in the mind. But if we're unwilling to be joined in the mind, then we're going to look for healing outside of ourselves. So we're going to look for magic. We're going to look for other people. We're going to look for gurus. We're going to look for magic formulas, all that stuff. I've spent so much time doing that. Now, I I am so, so grateful that I don't have to do anything by myself. I don't have to know how to do anything. It is 100% my willingness to trust that the healing will be done and that everything is working together for my good and there are no exceptions. And the more challenging it is to accept that Right now, at this very moment in your life, in my life, that everything, 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 everything is working together for your good and there are no exceptions. Your willingness to trust that that is the truth, no matter how it feels and no matter how it looks, there is your healing. There is your answered prayer. It's totally within your ability to experience. So if you're, you, you're, you've got some family member that you love that's incredibly dysfunctional, so much pain and suffering, all kinds of you know mental illness, emotional illness, physical illness, 
all kinds of stuff happening. One of the most painful things that we can experience or the deterioration of the body, all of it works together for our good and there are no exceptions. So just how to really cultivate this deep faith amidst these experiences is, and this this is my experience of working with it and working with others who are doing this right alongside me is the capacity to say, I do not know what anything is for, except that it does work together for my good. It has been gently planned by one whose only purpose is my good. Everything is for my learning and there are no exceptions to any of this. Therefore, I am willing to I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to let go of whatever the root cause of my fear is, right? This is what Jesus says in the fear and conflict section. Don't ask me to take away the fear. Ask me to take away the cause. That's what we can do. And what's going to happen is the thoughts that are the cause, the beliefs that are the cause, the choices that reinvest uh, us into that cause, they're going to be coming into our awareness so we can choose again and choose again and choose again. Now, in the course, Jesus says to us at one point, say to me, say to the Holy Spirit, you decide for me. Make no decisions by yourself. Wise, wise, wise advice. And that's a habit that we can start doing. And I know that this was a huge part of my healing. When back in the 90s, I started to work with the Season for Nonviolence folks in 97, I started to practice this level of mindfulness, looking at my choices of what I said and what I did and how I cared for myself and what I ate and what I thought. I started to look at it all as either loving or unloving. And I began to eliminate all the habits and practices that were unloving. I began to really pay attention to that. And I know that's what prepared me to welcome A Course in Miracles so much nine years later. So that is the simple, simple practice of A Course in Miracles is to look at our choices each day and just be willing to pause, have a moment. Is this loving or unloving? What is the guidance for me here and now? Yes. So very often in our day-to-day experience of trust, it the idea of trusting in God brings up terror. It does. It brings up terror. Trusting God with our health and our wealth, trusting God with our relationships, 
trusting God with our career and our finances. Too, too scary. So that's why I suggest that people prove God. Pick an area of your life where you're feeling really bothered, really unhappy, really challenged, and put your energy into that area and cultivating the willingness to trust spirit. Now, here's a key component here, another key component. If you think you know what the result should be, if you think you know what the answered prayer is, like, oh, the answered prayer is that my spouse is no longer addicted. Oh, my answered prayer is that I don't lose my job. Oh, my answered prayer is that we move to this new place. Oh, my answered prayer is that my spouse doesn't leave me. If you think that that is your answered prayer and you're totally convinced of it, are you actually willing to receive the answered prayer if that's not the answered prayer? No, you're not. Been there, done that. So we have to give up our attachment to what we think should be in order to welcome the highest and best possibility rhymes again so that's where it takes trust and that's where it takes consistency and this is what is so challenging but trust is like a muscle willingness is like a muscle trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers and I have to be willing in order to trust. So when it feels scary, when it feels challenging, that's the moment then. And where the mind training really comes in is to stop imagining what you don't want. To stop rehearsing what you don't want. You know, this is one of the reasons why I do my Finding Freedom Boot Camp. Because for me, developing this rigorous mind training practice, not just reading about it, no, 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 but really implementing it all day, every day, it was like a boot camp for me. And I admit freely that it was challenging. It was really challenging. And it was the best choice I ever made to just go all in for it because going all in I got through it faster I see so many people who are like I used to be dragging it out dragging it out a little in a little out you know it's like imagine you're trying to get in shape you know and be really super fit to maybe go on some wonderful trip somewhere and You exercise a little bit today, maybe a little bit in a few days, and then you take a week off, and then you do a little bit. Well, you're not going to get in shape that way. It's like, come on, come on, what are you thinking? That ain't going to happen. That's never going to work. Nobody does anything like that. 
So maybe if you want to save a dollar here and save a dollar there, it's consistency that gets you there faster. So for me, it just felt like I was in my own personal boot camp. And I'm sure that's why I got guided. I know it is to create a kind of a boot camp class to support people who were shaky to go all in and they didn't have to do it by themselves. So I'm going to actually be doing my Finding Freedom Boot Camp. Uh, I believe that we start on June 6th. That's the last day for registration. And um, right now I'm doing something I've never done before, which is a kind of a pre-qualifier. It's totally free. You sign up for one of the goal-setting sessions at the Finding Freedom page. And if you've done Finding Freedom already, come back and do it again. Come back and do it again. Remember, you can do it again and again for a small monthly fee. So come if, you, if you've already done it, come back and do it again because I'm on fire. Let's do this. <laughs> and um, if, you, if you're curious about it, one of the things I can tell you is you get my sacred circle for free for uh, the time of the boot camp, which is uh, 90 days. And my sacred circle is one of my most favorite things, and it is uh, the uh, weekly spiritual counseling call that I do um, and where I take any question that you have and, and offer some counseling. And, oh, that reminds me, I'm doing a special on my sacred circle for the radio show folks. You get the first month free. If you just want to check out my sacred circle, maybe you don't wish to do the boot camp. You just want to check out my sacred circle. First month is free. Uh, if you, when you order, when you sign up, put in this code, all one word, sacred gift, all one word, sacred gift. And then you can um, get the first month free. So you could try it out and cancel if you don't like it. Um, <laughs> uh so with Finding Freedom, I just want to say the goal-setting sessions. These are group goal-setting sessions, really powerful, really fun, help you get clear. Are you ready? Are you willing? Let's do Finding Freedom now. And I do have an um, early bird special until the 1st of June. And I also have a special offer I haven't done in a very long time where if you sign up with a friend, you can save money. And um, so check that out as well. Developing that trust, the willingness to place our trust in love. If we're really doing it, it's going to feel like a boot camp. I hear this all the time. People say, oh, my gosh, it's exhausting. Oh, my gosh, it's relentless. Well, it, it is. And that's a good sign if you're feeling that, because that means you're really doing it. Now, what I know for all of us is this is the thing that we resist. We resist rolling up our spiritual sleeves and doing the work. That's why I'm really clear. Uh, a lot of the classes I offer are not for everyone. They're just not. Because finding freedom and masterful living are for people who would like to really do the work and to do it with other people, to get support, and to knock it out of the park. Uh, 
who would like to go beyond any place they've been before in their spiritual practice and to have a real powerful spiritual practice that they can work with every single day that's dependable, that's healing, and that they can bring benefit to themselves and their families. And that requires uh, a greater level of commitment because it's not study. It's not study. It's the practical application of these teachings and it's profoundly healing and people who would like who think they know what the answered prayer is are not going to be open to having uh, the highest and best healing that they can have they just aren't if you think you know what the answered prayer is you may be mistaken you may be correct and yes, we hold a vision for our wholeness. We hold a vision for our, our brothers and sisters' wholeness. And still, we don't know what anything is for. And sometimes it is the seeming transformation of a relationship from romance to friends or um, friends to romance even that that's how the holy relationship unfolds. We have to give up our attachments to thinking we know how it should be. And that requires trust and faith, which is why everything is, this is the foundation of it. And I am so grateful, grateful to share with you right now, grateful for all the healing that we're experiencing. Thank you for sharing your healing with me. Thank you for supporting this radio show and making contributions so others can get the transcript those who are deaf can read the transcript and we can make the closed captioning videos all of that thank you thank you so let's place our hands on our heart and be grateful and thankful that the love of god is what shines in our mind now and forever we are grateful to let the holy spirit lead us and guide us every day in every way and we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them in gratitude, we let it be. Amen, amen, amen. Mwah! Have a great rest of your week.